1: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the command zone podcast. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host Rachel Weeks and today we have a special guest host and upgrader. It's Damon Lentz.
2: Hi everybody. I'm the podcast guy. You guys you guys have seen me a few times now and uh, I'm here to do another upgrade.
1: Yeah, so today we are upgrading the Planeswalker Party Commander Masters Precon. It is the Jeskai deck. It's red, blue, and white. It's Planeswalker focused. It's the first time we've seen a Planeswalker Precon, which is pretty cool.
2: Yeah, I'm also really excited about it because most of the time you see Planeswalker decks that have green in it. And this is a really interesting and different way to take Jeskai. And so when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's really cool. It opens up all these avenues that uh, haven't been explored all that much and gives you different uh, deck building challenges, which I think is good.
1: Yeah, yeah. How can you build a Planeswalker deck without doubling season? We'll find out.
2: We'll find out, yeah. Uh,
1: Today we are going to go over what is inside the box. We're going to talk about what the deck construction looks like, and then we are going to add 10 cards to it to get this tuned up so you can play it confidently at your next game night. Of course, that means we're going to take 10 cards out, and today we're using a budget of $50 to upgrade these pre-cons. But first, if you're going to buy any of the cards from this episode, please go to cardkingdom.com slash command. That is our affiliate link, and that is a great place to pick up singles and sealed product of the Magic variety and others. Uh, you can get this pre-con there. You can get any of the cards that we're going to mention. Uh, Card Kingdom has a great selection of all of the different singles that you're looking for in all of the various printings and all of the various conditions. Uh, plus, Card Kingdom always sends your cards to you in one tidy package safely with a little token and a sticker. It's a ton of fun. So please support your magic habit and support the show at cardkingdom.com command. Once you have those cards in your hand, of course, you're going to need to protect them. You can support us over at UltraPro.com slash command. UltraPro is some of the highest quality magic and card game accessories in the business. You can get uh, sleeves and deck boxes and play mats and binders. And one of my favorite purchases from UltraPro is those card sorter things, because I am very particular about how my cards are stored. I want to be able to find them. I want to know they're safe when they're being stored. and I trust Ultra Pro to to do that, plus UltraPro has the official Magic license, so they can get all of your favorite art, especially for precons. They tend to do the commanders on playmats. Uh, you can get all of the officially licensed art over at UltraPro.com/command.
2: slash Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing some people roll up with their Commodore Guff yeah, uh, playmats and the, so and the sleeves and the deck box.
1: Be like, uh, "What's up on the Commodore?"
2: That's <laughs> that's right. You're like, "I'm going to roll up with my Walkers." Yeah, Let's
1: go. you can call me. Commodore. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> get them a big
2: hat. You know, the Commodore Yeah, yeah,
1: hat. Yeah, 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 yeah. With the feather and everything. Exactly. He doesn't have a hat in this, but, you know, you could put a feather in the beard. That's right. Uh, the final way to support us, of course, is directly over at patreon.com slash command zone. All of our patrons directly support this channel making better and better content. Plus, they get access to command zone, well, uh, command zone, these these outlines uh, if you want to see the behind the scenes stuff but you get extra turns and game nights a day early so you can help us catch some of the mistakes made in editing so we can change that before that comes out to the general public Uh, plus we shout out one lucky patron every single podcast episode and this one is dedicated to to justin bulgarelli Bulgarelli jr justin Justin, (laughs) you rock rock. thanks justin (laughs) For your support and to all of our patrons. You guys, you know, make this happen.
2: Yeah, you guys are amazing. We they love every both. single one of you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into it. Without further ado, we're going to talk about the Planeswalker Party Precon, and we can't talk about anything in this deck until we talk about the commanders. So let's get to know Commodore Guff. So
2: you want to read him? R- that's right. So the first thing we have here is Commodore Guff. He's one in just guys one blue, red, and white. For a five loyalty planeswalker, Guff. <laughs> he <laughs> says, at the beginning of your end step, put a loyalty counter on another target planeswalker you control. All right. His plus one is you create a 1-1 red wizard creature token with tap, add red, and you can spend this mana only to cast a Planeswalker spell. And then his minus three, you draw X cards, and he deals X damage to each opponent, where X is the number of Planeswalkers you control. And, of course, he can be your commander. Man. That does it all. Yeah. Uh, he <laughs> gives you a... Not quite proliferate, but an extra counter on your end step, on which you want. one
1: wa- Planeswalker, yeah. Right,
2: which, which you want in, in a Planeswalker deck. He gives you a blocker, which is awesome. Yeah. And that blocker can also... Is also ramp it's that also will ramp. let you cast your next walker. Right. Which is awesome. And then he gives you a win condition. Right. For me, that's the biggest thing because historically, planeswalker decks really struggle with closing out the game. Mm-hmm. You uh, A lot of times with planeswalker decks, either they get attacked really early and they die or you end up in that board state where you have all these walkers of really high loyalty, but none of them quite finish the game. Yep. But he gives you that win condition. So it's, it's like you're not going to have all of those games where you end up in a stall. He reliably all on his own helps you refill your hand to get more walkers and then also starts hitting your opponents.
1: He draws cards and deals damage with his minus three. That's absurd. Also, you have to look at these as like, basically as that's a plus two and a minus two because he can put an additional loyalty counter, right? On another one. But not on himself. Not on himself. On another. On another one. Yeah. Which I knew. (laughs) (laughs) But that's good. That means like all of the planeswalker in this deck are going to be even more powerful. That's right. All right, so Commodore Guff is the face commander of this deck, but we often talk about the secondary commander with the alternative choice to the commander. And uh, this one is... It's a kitty.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is a it is the cutest little cat. Uh it is Leori, spark touched hunter. Uh, I do believe this is actually the creature that Luca I think it's, bi- it's binds like, with yeah, in yeah, the Ikoria story. It's Luca's frenemy. <laughs> yeah. And the really sad thing is if you look at the cart uh Heartless act, yeah. it is Commodore or the other guy. Uh what's his name? Dranith?
1: Uh, I don't remember who. who I'll show it th- on it's, screen. It's a human. That guy, it's definitely a human.
2: Yeah, he, he kills her. Or Yeah, Liori's
1: really Leori, yeah, lore is not... Uh, it's a sad. It is really
2: sad. <laughs> but the card is great. All right, so yeah. it's uh, Jeskai. So a blue, a red, and a white for a 3-3 legendary creature elemental cat. It has flying and vigilance. Uh, and then it says, whenever Liori deals combat damage to a player, you choose a planeswalker type. And then until end of turn, whenever you activate an ability of a Planeswalker of that type, you copy that ability and you may choose new targets for the copies.
1: For those who uh, haven't looked closely at a Planeswalker, because this really hasn't been relevant before. The Planeswalker type is the name. So Commodore Guff is type Guff.
2: Right. It says legendary Planeswalker Guf. Hyphen,
1: guff that That's, is the uh so with leori when you deal combat damage you would name guff and now you can activate it twice or you copy one no you copy you, it. T- so you whatever, copy a trigger yeah. yeah so
2: whatever mode you pick you get two of that one
1: yeah which is great
2: yeah so this one's really cool if you're building those decks where it's like all chandras yeah or like all, all chasers yeah because then every single one of those when you activate it that turn you get two of it mm. um so yeah, that card's sweet. I it's I, I really don't think cool. we've ever really seen something like that. I know there was like the Chandra that upticks all of your red planeswalkers, all of your red ones.
1: But I don't know there. I don't know of a card that cares. Oh, Deification cares about the type. The type. They have yeah, they have printed a couple that mention it, but it's not something that we see referred to very often. So it's cool that we're getting something that kind of rewards you for knowing what that text box is. Exactly. Okay, so Liori is a little bit narrower, as we often see in these backup commanders. Right. Um, Liori cares about one specific kind of planeswalker, and this deck contains a multitude of planeswalkers. It does. Uh, but let's talk about the. Uh, but yeah, but before we pick which which planeswalker we're going to put in the command zone for this upgrade, we have to talk about what is actually in this deck what kind of deck are we picking a commander for so let's break down the (gasps) Stats.
2: Stats, stats, stats
1: okay Pretty good. That was pretty good stats. Oh, thank you. I've I feel been good practicing. About yeah, you've been, warm- <laughs> I've been warming up in the up. mirror.
2: Yeah. <laughs> every day I wake up in the morning, I go, you know, I get ready, do my routine, and then I'm just like,
1: Yeah, what if I need to introduce stats today? Yeah, who knows? All right, so we are going to break down the kinds of cards that go in every commander deck. We're going to just talk about the regular categories first, and then we'll break down the more specific stuff in a moment. So first,
2: there's a ton of ramp in this deck. There is a lot of ramp. We got 19 pieces of ramp. Ugh, God. Which it's is a lot. So many. <laughs> so much ramp. Okay. They want to make sure that you're going to reliably get ahead on mana, which I, I guess is cool. Commodore I guess does it you too. You also
1: have ramp in the command <laughs> Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: Uh, you have 14 pieces of card draw. Which is All pretty right. good.
1: That's a pretty that good number. I like this one, especially when you have ramp. You have card draw in the command zone. Yeah,
2: that okay. makes me really happy. Uh, we got ten pieces of targeted interaction.
1: That's about what I run, especially in my lower power decks.
2: Yeah, uh, that's yeah. again a number that I'm I'm pretty mm-hmm. happy with. We have six board wipes.
1: Well, it makes sense for a planeswalker deck.
2: Yep, normally I'd say that's way too many, but in a planeswalker deck, that is basically exactly what you want because right. you need to keep reliably controlling the board and wiping the board to keep your planeswalkers alive.
1: Right. You want it's the best way to really make sure your planeswalkers are safe but that number of six board wipes also really uh bump bumps up that targeted interaction category as well that's so like that 10 number looks very solid with six board wipes
2: yeah exactly because you're you're basically saying oh i have 16 ways of interacting with the board and protecting my walkers which is awesome that's a lot yeah all right finally And, and then we have 38 lands plenty yeah i mean uh, that's kind of what we're seeing with these Mm -hmm. most of the time they usually put in like 37 38 yeah um which i I can respect you know you want to make sure that especially new players that pick these up they're reliably hitting their land drops yeah and um that's a little high i think for for like long-term players but out of a pre-con i'm i'm pretty happy with it i'm not i'm not for sure
1: I often run 38, but it's, like, mixed with modal lands. Exactly. So it's um. I could see swapping a couple of lands for modal spells long-term, but 38 is a good number. Yeah. Uh, worth noting, there's 18 basics in this deck, which is something that I want to mention just going forward uh well that's a lot of them it also takes up a lot of slots in the deck that's true so we'll talk about the reprints in a second but there are 18 of them in this okay so this is a planeswalker deck there are specific things that are required to make a planeswalker deck go what's the balance in this deck
2: yeah so the most important part planeswalkers you need those in a planeswalker deck i know crazy (laughs) you heard it here first folks uh we got 18 planeswalkers
1: okay that's that's about what i would think yeah. It's honestly more Planeswalkers than I run in my Planeswalker deck, which may be a problem f- with my Planeswalker
2: deck. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, that is the interesting thing because, you know, we talk a lot about having uh, decks that have specific themes and normally mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I want like somewhere around 30, or like mm-hmm. one, in thir- one, in, one yeah, out of three cards. Yeah, we usually say like 25. But the thing with Planeswalkers is you want a little bit less um, because they're so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And so you want to also have enough interaction because if you run out of Planeswalker and then it immediately dies you got very little value out of it. Right. So you want a little bit less and then you up your interaction to sort of balance that out.
1: Right. I think 18 is actually a great number.
2: Yeah. I'm, I I saw that and I was like, okay, cool. Okay. And then we got 11 planeswalker payoffs.
1: Yeah. These are cards that just care about the number of planeswalkers you have right. or the cards that reward you for having planeswalkers or, you know, sort of buff up your planeswalkers. And that makes sense. 11 like enhancer cards is yeah.
2: usually what we'll call these and then we have 10 cards that add loyalty
1: okay so these are your proliferates or they add one loyalty like your commander does right. just anything that makes your commander's more your planeswalkers excuse me more impactful
2: yep exactly and then finally we have 18 pieces of defense
1: Anything to keep your Planeswalkers from dying. That's right.
2: (laughs) They say offense wins games, but defense wins championships. Same is true for Planeswalker decks. You really need that defense.
1: Yeah, because you have no offense. Exactly.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Of note, uh, I would say Commodore Guff fits into every one of those categories.
1: Really, really does.
2: Yeah, he's a Planeswalker. He gives you the payoff in his minus ability. He adds loyalty with his his triggered ability. And then he gives you defense with the token.
1: Yeah, I I think we're talking a lot about him and really, really... Uh, puffing him up here. Yes. K- Commodore Guff is going to be the, the in the command center. Yes. right? Uh, yeah. there, there's <laughs> there's
2: no other way to slice it. Uh, he The deck was built for him, and it shows. Mm-hmm. Um, Leori is awesome, and I look forward to seeing the decks people b- build with Leori, but that's definitely one where you're like, I'm going to pick a specific Planeswalker and build that deck, which is not what this deck is. Uh, right. This deck has a diversity of walkers, whereas Leori wants uh, all of the walkers to be the same type. So. Right.
1: And if you're into Leori and you really want to play it out of a box, there's definitely multiples of each Planeswalker. There's like, mm. there's like four Chandra's and like four Jace's. Right. And I think there's two Elspeth's, maybe one Elspeth. There's one Elspeth's. Elspeth. <laughs> but like, that's the thing is it is mixed. Up. There's two Narset's. Mm. Um, it is mixed up enough that you could definitely find yourself in a position where you're not getting max value out of Leori. Yeah. So, a little bit more of a build around. Uh, I like Guff. I think he's great in this command zone. Um, we've now broken down what the deck does mechanically. We want to take a quick moment to talk about the contents of the deck financially. That's right. Uh, we're going to talk about the reprint value of the deck. Um, it So, 72 cards in in the deck are reprints. It is a reprint set. Um But 72 is like pretty normal. So there's 10 new cards and then there's 18 uh, basic lands. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And that makes 72, right? God, I hope so. (laughs) We got that. Uh, So there's... (laughs) I was doing the math and (laughs) got stalled out because I felt like I did it wrong. But no, 72 is correct. So this is going to be the combined value of the cards in the deck at the time of recording. Uh, We are recording before everything is announced. We have taken all of these numbers pre announcement, when these reprints are announced, those numbers tend to drop. So they're not literal numbers. These are going to be comparative numbers to pre-cons in the past. Uh, Now, this is sort of a tricky number to compare because... These are very expensive pre-cons. <laughs> That's right.
2: So normally these pre-cons are around around 40 bucks. And these right. ones, it seems like they're going for around 80. So around double what we're normally yeah. seeing. And um, there's a
1: huge variety of what these are going for. But they average out to around 80. And I think they'll settle around 80. Right. Uh, especially in pre-release, there was a huge variety of, of the actual sticker price. So. Right. Um, but we're going to talk about the total reprint value without any further caveat. All right. And what is that number, Damon?
2: The total (laughs) reprint value of this deck is $168.75.
1: Okay. That is a big number. That's not bad. Okay. We do have to talk about this in a slightly different way. Yep. (laughs) Because $168, if you bought this precon at $40. You'd be like, "Whoa, that's is incredible." Awesome. You'd be like, that's "Yeah, a, let's go." That's the best value we've ever seen in mm, a precon.
2: I'd be running the store right now.
1: Absolutely, you would buy all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh unfortunately, these are $80. Uh and with MSRP fluctuating wildly, it's sort of hard to say exactly uh what these are going for, but we're going to we're going to say 80. So we would expect the reprint value of these decks to be roughly what
2: Double, double what the normal ones. are. What you
1: pay for, because you're paying double. That's right. If like if I if I paid forty dollars and I get a hundred dollars worth of value typically in mm-hmm. cards, then if I pay eighty, and I want to get two
2: hundred.
1: dollars because right. I paid twice as much money. You need to give me twice as much stuff back.
2: Yeah, you're gonna charge me more for it. I need to see something that's gonna justify the the cost.
1: Yeah, so that makes us look at this $168 in a slightly different light because the average reprint value of our $40 pre cons are all around 100. So Baldur's Gate pre cons were averaged out to be 104, Brothers War were about 95, All Will Be One was about 101, March of the Machines averaged out to be around $97. So we would really want this number, if we're going to compare it to these other ones, to be closer to $200 uh and 168 ain't 200 it is not uh to compare these more in a way that's a little bit more uh clear mm-hmm. what i what i calculated was a bang for your buck number Mm -hmm. so i i took the the average reprint value of each set Mm -hmm. and i divided it by what you spent roughly forty dollars and i generated a bang for your buck number so Baldur's gate is like two dollars and sixty cents worth of cards for every one dollar you spend okay uh brother's war is about two dollars and thirty eight cents worth of cards for every one dollar two fifty in all, will be one two forty for March of the Machine. Now, if you take Planeswalker Party and you divide it by eighty, which mm-hmm. is what you're spending roughly, you're gonna get two dollars and ten cents worth of cards for every one dollar mm-hmm. you spend.
2: So that is noticeably lower than the decks of the past.
1: Right. It is. It doesn't. It's not a ton lower, but it's like forty cents every dollar you spend, which right. adds up.
2: Yeah, especially in a hundred card deck, you're like that keeps adding up.
1: So I took that. I took that two dollars and ten cents, and I was like, "If you're spending, if you're getting for every one dollar you spend, you're getting two dollars and ten cents worth of value." And I multiplied it by forty. It's like, what is the value of this if I spent forty dollars of okay. it? And I got eighty four dollars,
2: which isn't great. so. That
1: would be the direct comparison. Of, of, like, just pure bang for your buck between pl- the Planeswalker one and pre-cons we've seen in the past. And an $84 pre-con, we would not be happy with.
2: No, we'd be saying, oh, we, we expect more reprints from this. Um, it's kind of disappointing and all that stuff. So seeing that with this deck is a little a little sad.
1: Yeah, it just doesn't quite get there. No. It's not what we've come to expect for pre-cons. And it's, it's good. We're getting, like, you're spending $8, you're getting more value out of it. But... If we're going to be spending twice as much money out of it, we would hope to get twice as much value out of it.
2: Yeah, especially, uh, you know, we're coming off of Lord of the Rings right now, uh, so we just had a bunch of new people presumably joining the game. Yeah. So I would have expected these to either have a ton of value mm-hmm. uh, for the price you're paying or to be priced a little bit lower, um, probably closer to what we've normally seen. So I'm a little surprised.
1: I know, I, and such a high price point with these is, is really tough for something that, you know, is supposed to celebrate. Commander... Um, That being said, there are some very strong reprints in this deck. There are cards that needed reprints and have a little bit higher of a price tag. They just don't quite add up to a number that we're super excited about. But uh let's talk about them what the what are the big reprints that we are are worth talking about the notable reprints in this deck
2: so the number one best one by far is the chain veil coming in at 33 dollars. huge huge reprint very very happy to see it uh not only just because of its value but because one of the first things that you would want in your planeswalker deck is the chain veil yeah so the fact that it comes with it um if it didn't come with it That value, that uh, dollar amount would have just gone skyrocketed Mm. because of all the people presumably picking up this Planeswalker deck and wanting to upgrade it. So the fact that it comes in the deck, I'm very happy with. For sure. Um, So just so you guys know, the Chain Veil, it's a four mana cost Legendary Artifact. It says at the beginning of your end step, if you didn't activate a loyalty ability of a Planeswalker this turn, you lose two life. And you can pay four and tap it, and for each Planeswalker you control, you may activate one of its loyalty abilities this uh, once this turn, as though none of it, its loyalty abilities have been activated this turn. In other words, for every Planeswalker, you can activate it twice.
1: Really, it's very pricey to use, but it's so much value when you have two or three Planeswalkers on the board, as you often do in this deck. Right. Uh, The next reprint is a great Planeswalker in Commander, and one that hasn't been reprinted yet, I don't think. It's Chandra, Awakened Inferno. This is the six mana, can't be countered Chandra. Really, really powerful. It's a little board wipe. It gives emblems. What I like about this Chandra in Planeswalker decks is it is a long-term win con.
2: That's right. It's a long-term win con, and it's a Mm mini-wrath, so it protects your other walkers. Right. And it's, we should say it's coming in at sixteen dollars.
1: We should sixteen bucks. Uh, we're going to move through the the next few pretty quickly. Uh, Mystic Gate is a is coming in at twelve dollars. That's an Azorius land.
2: Yep, we have uh, Magara the Diplomat uh, coming in at eleven dollars. Just a little bit of card draw and sort of protection for your walkers. Mm-hmm.
1: Another great reprint. It's Spark Double coming in at nine dollars. Uh, this is a clone and it's a very special clone for her. it can copy planeswalkers. Yeah,
2: and giving it an extra counter, which is just a all upside Mm -hmm. really solid and then with the next one we have is a johnny steadfast coming in at seven dollars uh just another planeswalker uh his minus two puts loyalty on all your walkers um
1: one of the best planeswalkers in commander it's elspeth sun's champion Uh, she's hot off another reprint and is sitting at five dollars and fifty cents right now
2: Right, we got Silent Ar- Arbiter coming in at five dollars. Just a little bit more protection for your walkers, and finally uh, Cascade Bluffs uh, coming in at five bucks. Another Filter Land.
1: Yeah. So there's nine cards that are worth more than $5 in this deck. We really like to see those high-priced reprints because those are the cards that are like meaningful adds to your collection. There's a lot of sort of things that need to keep re- being reprinted, like Swords of Plowshares and Soul Ring and all of that. We expect those in pre-cons. Right. But these are the cards that are, we're really going to take a chunk out of their price, hopefully, with this reprint. Absolutely. So... Some of the more expensive cards in the deck. Uh, Not necessarily the best mechanically, though. I want to talk about the cards that when you draw them, you're like, oh, here we go.
2: Yeah, some of the absolute best cards in the deck. So the very first one we're going to talk about uh, is really exciting because it's a brand new card, yeah. uh, freshly printed in this, in this uh, deck. Uh, so that's Rono's Mast Inquisitor. It's three blue blue for a legendary planeswalker, of Rono's which comes in with five loyalty. It's plus one is up to two other target planeswalkers you control phase out at the beginning of the next end step. So sick. Yeah. That card is awesome because what that means is as long as he's in play, they cannot remove up to two of your walkers which at the very minimum is your commander right you're like i will untap and have my commander in play yep so that card is um, that possibility is is amazing uh that's it's so good <laughs> <laughs> uh it's minus two is for each opponent return up to one target non-land permanent that player controls to its owner's hand it's a target removal great doing two things you already want in your planeswalker deck yeah, protecting them in two different ways it's
1: target target target
2: removal that's right pretty good so a three for one always uh, and then his minus seven, target <laughs> artifact you control becomes a 9-9 nine nine construct artifact creature and gains vigilance, indestructible, and this creature can't be blocked.
1: <laughs> I'll hit you with my chain veil. <laughs> yeah, you
2: hit <had> to Bonk! <laughs> here's my 9-9 nine nine chain veil. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's unblockable. It's such a funny thing. Yeah, and that. it has
2: vigilance, so it can also block. It's an really indestructible, awesome. unblockable attacker and blocker it's just it's kind of hilarious it's
1: also extremely attainable like this comes in with five loyalty you tick it up to six and your opponents are incentivized to remove this ronos because it does such a good job of protecting your other planeswalkers but i this card is great in a dedicated planeswalker deck it does all of the defensive things that you want to be doing all in one planeswalker package
2: that's right Uh, The next one we have is Elspeth, Sun's Champion. We talked about earlier how it's just one of the best walkers. Uh, Four white, white, for legendary planeswalker Elspeth. Four loyalty, plus one, you make three 1-1 white soldier creature tokens. So what that means is you have one blocker for each of your opponents. Yeah. Which is awesome. Uh, Oftentimes that protects you exactly the the way that you need it to
1: and a lot of the time if you have three tokens people just won't attack you right because they're like well it won't do anything right and, and you're, you're like an hey, <laughs> <laughs> i'll keep on my tokens
2: right which then means you untap you make three more and then they're Five, like well six. yeah well,
1: i can never attack you
2: yeah which is which is just amazing <laughs> yeah. um her minus three also great destroy all creatures with power four or greater uh just a board wipe which we just talked about how you want board wipes in the planeswalker deck so she also, does that too
1: notably dodges Liori
2: right oh it does dodge leori i didn't even even think about that uh and then finally her minus seven you can emblem with creatures you control get plus two plus two and have flying sweet yeah just all upside (laughs) why not so now those yeah so now those one ones you made earlier are now three threes with flying
1: really good really good
2: Uh, and then finally the best card of the deck to the surprise of no one the chain veil yep which we've already talked about. It is amazing. It is great.
1: <laughs> it just doubles the, the the punching power of your deck, right? It, it basically says four mana activate, take an extra turn, but you can only activate Planeswalkers on this turn. Right. Which is so powerful. Yeah, it also goes enough. infinite with like a bunch of stuff. Uh, well, one thing. More than one thing? A few things.
2: It goes infinite with a few things. A few things. It's very
1: powerful. Uh, It's going to be great in this deck, and it is holding up the bulk of this deck's value. That's right. (laughs) So it better be good. All right. We are going to talk about the upgrade to this deck. We're going to add 10 cards. We're going to take 10 cards out to get this deck in fighting shape. Be as powerful as possible. Be the control nightmare of (laughs) your playgroup's (laughs) dreams. Uh, But first...
2: Do you follow automotive news or do you just like cars and want to see what the heck's going on? Well, then you might like Donut Media's new podcast, The Big Three. Hi, I'm James Pumphrey. and Every week, me and my co-host slash two of my top five friends, Nolan Sykes and Joe Weber, unpack the latest and greatest in automotive news and trends on the big three you'll also get a lot of laughs hot takes and personal insight on cars from the biggest car guys in automotive media so whether you're a hardcore enthusiast or just a person who goes up oh, that's a good looking car <laughs> check out the big three available wherever you get your podcast or you can watch the full videos at donut podcasts on youtube And then I'm gonna flash out a Lucy Ambusher, I will bolt it to draw three cards, and I will sneak attack out Triska Decaphile. I'll go to my upkeep and I will win the game. <sighs> That was your first time playing the deck? Yeah. Well, I mean, first time in paper. I've already goldfished it like a 100 times on Architect. Their playtester is super user-friendly. Playing cards just takes one click, and you can mulligan, tutor, and move through your turns with the press of a key. There are simple menus with counters and copies, and you can take notes on cards as you play them. Architect is the best place to browse, brew, and playtest Commander decks. Just go to architect.com slash commandzone to get started. That's A-R-C-H-I-D-E-K-T dot com commandzone.
1: Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for sticking with us today. We are going to upgrade the Planeswalker Party pre-con deck. We're going to make this party a rager. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just got rave. Again, we're going to add 10 cards. We're going to take 10 cards out. This time we are using a budget of $50. So it's going to be 10 cards total. They're under 50 bucks and you're going to have a great deck with some tight synergy. Uh, first, before, before we talk about the specific cards, I want to talk about what you were trying to do generally with these upgrades. How do you think the deck really needed uh, some punching power or some improvement?
2: Yeah, so the first thing uh, we kind of touched on it earlier when we talked about the deck stats it had a little bit too much ramp uh 19 is a lot it's a ton <laughs> it's so much
1: especially uh, in a deck that's like planeswalkers can be very mana hungry but they, they're they not that hungry. Yeah,
2: They're, they're hungry, but You're not they're
1: casting 10 drops or anything.
2: That's right. Yeah. They're, they're, they're very hungry, but they ain't that hungry. <laughs> uh, so we, we trimmed that down a little bit. Um, uh, but honestly, the nice thing was other than that, it hit its card draw numbers, target removal, uh, wipes mm. and all of that stuff, which I was really happy with. Um, the other big thing that I wanted to focus on, I guess two things. So first I wanted to improve some of the walkers. I wasn't overly impressed with some of the walkers that they did choose. Um, so I wanted to cut some of the weaker ones and, uh, Add some better ones and uh, also in up that number just a little bit. Uh, it, 18 is good, uh, but I wanted it a little bit closer to 20. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, finding more ways to leverage the chain fail.
1: Yep. Because of makes how sense. good that card is. <laughs> if it's going to be your the best card in your deck, you best be able to find it. Um, i love that this deck already just had a lot of the mechanics it needed it mm-hmm. just needed some of the top end uh, and we're gonna give it to it so let's let's talk about these cards that you that you chose to add with your budget
2: yeah so the first uh sort of category that we have is just generally powerful walkers uh, first one we have is Teferi, temporal archmage coming in at 280. Uh, he's six mana, so four blue blue for five loyalty Planeswalker Teferi, plus one, you look at the top two cards of your library, put one of them into your hand and the other on the bottom of your library. His minus one is you untap up to four permanents, and then his minus ten, if you can get there, uh, you get an emblem with you may activate loyalty abilities of Planeswalkers you control on any player's turn anytime you can cast an instant.
1: This is, I mean, Teferi's definitely, like, this Teferi is certainly the Boogeyman Planeswalker of the format, other than maybe Three Man or Narset, which is already in the deck. <laughs> you're right, which <laughs> is <just> already here. <laughs> uh, this, is, this is the Teferi that you're like, this one makes Planeswalker decks busted.
2: Mm-hmm. Not only because if you can ever get that minus 10, like... It feels so good being able to activate your planeswalkers uh, four times, once mm-hmm. uh, once on every player's turn and at instant speed. But also, uh, his minus one goes infinite with the chain veil. Yep, uh, you just need the chain veil, soul ring, and then just anything else. And yep, two
1: lands. And, you and need then, one thing that taps for two mana.
2: Right. Uh, and so if you have to the chainville and your soaring, uh, you can now activate the chainville over and over again. And the way that it works is basically any planeswalker you play after the fact or any planeswalker that is currently in play can be activated any number of times. Mm. So you could just keep going. Um, and he does take down for that. So there's sort of a limit on how hard yeah. how you can get, but yeah, there's other ways.
1: But there's a, there's a lot of ways to put counters on, on other planeswalkers. So it's, it's not like, you know, it's very powerful. It's good. It, it's
2: very powerful. Oftentimes that'll just win you the game because all you need to do is, is get Guff's minus ability a few times mm-hmm. and you'll will have killed all of your opponents. Get this and a spark double of another Teferi, done. Yep, and you're yep. you're there.
1: Really, really strong in this deck. And any time that you can be untapping stuff to not only just the the chain veil, like if you can untap a blocker mm-hmm. that you attacked with, or you can untap mana to send out another planeswalker especially with those little like 1-1 wizard guys you want to be able to tap them for mana but having them up to block is also important in this deck
2: Mm -hmm. really good uh the next one that we have just another powerful planeswalker is tezzeret the seeker he's uh, five mana three blue blue for foil loyalty planeswalker tezzeret his plus one is you untap up to two artifacts Uh, minus x you search your library for an artifact card with a converted mana cost X or less. Put it on straight onto the battlefield. Then you shuffle your library, and then his minus five artifacts you control become artifact creatures, the base tower until, and toughness five five until end turn. Probably you're, not that You're one. not doing that yep. one. Uh, you re- ma- mostly have him for the minus. Mm-hmm. It's a five mana tutor out your chain veil to the battlefield. It goes yep. puts it straight onto the <laughs> battlefield. Uh, so he he goes and gets your most important piece. He also gets Nev's Disc, which is in the deck, which mm-hmm. is just amazing with Planeswalkers because it blows up everything except for Planeswalkers.
1: Really solid. And yeah. then Bronos can make an indestructible Nev's Disc.
2: <laughs> oh my goodness. You're right. Oh, oh God. <laughs> that That is incredible. With Vigilance, <laughs> you can attack with it, too. Oh, that's di- really good. I didn't even think about that with Vronos. That's so funny. So Vronos and then Tezzeret tutor out the... the uh, that's in the Nev's deck? Disc. put that in the deck? <laughs> yes, Nev's disc is in the deck. It is one of the Wraths. Whoa. Okay. So, um, yeah. really <laughs> that's That's something else you can do that we just thought of right now. Uh, but Tezzeret's plus ability, uh, just untapping Mana Rocks is great. And then... Um, it doesn't go infinite quite the same way that Teferi does with the Chainville, but it goes a lot. Mm-hmm. Again, you can untap the Chainville and then like a mana rock or something, and you're you're still losing mana on that exchange, but just doing it a couple times really is good. often enough. Yep. So.
1: Yep. I love Tez in this deck. I've never bought a Tez for myself, and I really love him. Really? He's, it's one of those cards that you're like, I should just get it, but I haven't had the specific moment
2: yeah i i picked one up for my uh list because i just like the the oh yeah it's great in Shorokai. yeah tutoring up a a vehicle is nice um and then untapping Shorokai obviously so
1: All right, we put in a little bit more defensive stuff, uh, notably because we're taking some out. So uh, let's talk about some other ways to protect your walkers.
2: Yes. So uh, first one I have is uh, a card called Will Kenrith. He's four blue blue for a foil legendary planeswalker Will. Plus two up to until your next turn. Up to two target creatures each have base power and toughness zero three and lose all abilities. You guys chill yeah the big the best thing you could do is hit people's commanders because mm-hmm. now it <laughs> they just don't get that ability until you untap and then when you untap you can activate it again Oof. and so you can lock two people out of their plane, out of their commander which is crazy brutal and then obviously turning two really good attackers into zero threes just means that those creatures now do nothing in combat mm-hmm. uh, so he just does an amazing job of protecting your walkers and also just hosing uh, commander-centric decks. For sure. Uh, his minus two, target player draws two cards. And then until your next turn, instant sorceries and planeswalker spells that player casts costs two less to cast. Yikes. Yeah, that so seems good. you can do cheeky things where you, you want to be political with it, but you could just pick yourself. You draw two, and now until your next turn, your planeswalkers cost two less, so it's just a cost reducer. Really good. And then finally his minus eight, Target player gets an emblem with whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, copy it. You may choose new targets for the copy. You're not trying to leverage that one as much. You still have, you have a decent amount of instant sorceries, but you're really hit in it for those first two abilities.
1: For sure. <laughs> it's target player, you can give an emblem. Yes. That's bizarre.
2: Because uh, what him and his sister were made in Battle Bond?
1: Right, 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 right. So, so you could give an opponent stuff. one. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It's just crazy. You could, somebody could deflecting swat it.
2: Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> true. That. You could pick yourself and then they could deflecting swat it and be like, it's mine. It's <laughs> me. What? <laughs> that's no.
1: That's so funny. That's sweet. Uh, what I really like about Will uh in this deck is he also finds a sister
2: that's right because he has the partner with mechanic really so good. he partners with the next card which is rowan kenrith uh so for four red red four loyalty legendary planeswalker rowan plus two during target players next turn each creature that player controls attacks a fable so goad except they can come at you mm-hmm. uh minus two she deals three damage to each tapped creature target player controls so it's like a mini wrath and then minus eight, target player gets an emblem with whenever you activate an ability that isn't a mana ability, copy it, you may choose new targets for the copy. So that works on your walkers. Abilities. Yep. Yeah, that seems good.
1: This is sweet. Anytime I can get a partner with card into a deck, they they like both of them, mm-hmm. it feels so powerful because in addition to the abilities that they are just costed for, they also just draw you a spell.
2: Right. And as you pointed out, yep. it's not only drawing a card, it's drawing a spell right. so you're not hit, hitting a land or, or whiffing you're getting something relevant for right now
1: right and usually they synergize
2: yeah but. like you can if you happen to get will first you can minus him and then now your rowan only costs four instead of six mm-hmm. or if you get her first then uh you can do the little wrath to protect your your will right. and and vice versa they work really well together which is which is awesome which is great that's what you they want a partner. Yeah. together that's great <laughs> uh, uh,
1: this is a big one i can't believe this was in in the deck
2: i was a little surprised i think maybe just because it's new i guess yeah but this this is was one of the first includes that i that i added um, one of the best walkers that was missing is the eternal wanderer four white white five loyalty legendary planeswalker no type because oh, that's the, what the Wanderer does. Yeah, nobody knows. Uh, so
1: don't pick the Wanderer for Liori. <laughs> yeah, or you can't, because
2: there is no time. Yeah, that's true. You're just like, well, I'm just not going to do that twice, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, her static ability is no more than one creature can attack the Eternal Wanderer each combat, so she protects herself. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> which is just crazy. Uh, her plus one, you exile up to one target artifact or creature and return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control at the beginning of that player's next end step. So it can be a blink for you and you get it back on your end step or you can blink your opponent's best attacker and they won't get it till their end step. So they can't use it to attack you. Oh, it's so good. So that combined with her static ability makes her very hard to remove
1: yeah i mean plus she's got a humdinger of an ultimate
2: yes and so next (laughs) we have zero you create a two two white samurai creature token with double strike sure really good blocker because it has double strike and finally her minus four which notably you can do as soon as you play her for each player you choose a creature that player controls each player sacrifices all creatures they control not chosen this way So, everybody gets one. Yep. Everybody gets one. And they lose
1: the rest. And they can only, uh, the wider can only be attacked by one.
2: (laughs) Right. And presumably, you're one of the players. So, you kept a creature on defense.
1: Right. Yeah.
2: Which is just awesome. Just a little mini um, tragic arrogance. But just for creatures, it gets around hexproof and indestructible um, because it's just a choice. There's no targeting involved in that. And since you have all the agency, you make all the choices it's it's real good
1: yeah also the wanderer is only a dollar fifty yeah she's super what? cheap when that card came out i was like that's a twenty dollar card and it's not but it's, it's it should be like a six dollar card she's real good but i'm she's, glad it's a dollar fifty so yeah. you guys can pick it up for chump change uh
2: next oh i love this card this card is hilarious uh it's primacon sky rampart coming in at only a dollar uh it is a legendary creature wall it's a one five with flying and defender
1: Always forget it has flying.
2: Yeah. It's absurd just, that it has flying. It's a, wall, a flying wall. Yeah, You know. <laughs> uh, when it enters the battlefield, you choose left or right. Each player may attack only the nearest opponent in the chosen direction, and Planeswalker is controlled by those uh, by that opponent.
1: Really good. Yeah. So, Pramicon was sort of the de facto Jeskai Planeswalker commander mm. of the past, right? Like, I, I'd seen Pramicon Planeswalkers previously, and having it in this deck because it's such strong defense and it feels so annoying to remove a Pramicon. Yeah. Like, this is not good enough for this path.
2: <laughs> but sometimes but you have... it's ha- so... You have to. Yeah, because... N- you can set it up such that nobody can attack you and your planeswalkers just keep, keep taking up and keep accumulating value. Yeah. Um, and then I also wanted to note there's the new Tao in this deck yep. who has a minus ability that does the same thing. So if you choose them having opposite directions, no one can attack. No attacking. So <laughs>
1: it's just, so, you may not attack this way, but also you, you cannot may atta- not attack that, that way.
2: way. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just, just really great. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely wanted to get this in the deck because there's very few cards that protect your walkers as good at this. And on top of that, even like you pick the direction, you like you pick left and this player has something that they can attack with. You have a 1-5 flyer. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to get through that. <laughs> so obnoxious. <laughs> so uh, yeah, at only three mana, it was an easy include.
1: Really, really good. I So the way that you really make a Planeswalker deck pop off is by buffing the number of counters on it by Mm. proliferating or by anything that says you just get extra counters on your stuff. Uh, And so we definitely wanted to bulk up this category.
2: Mm, This was really important because oftentimes the minus ability is usually the best ability on the walkers Mm. for a reason. That's how they're balanced. So putting those extra counters so you can get an an, an extra minus in situations where you normally wouldn't be able to. Or Or you can
1: race to that ultimate.
2: Or racing. Exactly. um, is huge. Um, So one of the first includes uh, Lazel, Vlakith's champion coming in at a $1.50, uh, three-maneth uh, for a 3-3 three, three legendary creature, Gith warrior. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of Giths. Uh, if you would put one or more counters on a creature or Planeswalker you control or on yourself, put that many plus one of each of those kind of counters on that permanent or player instead.
1: Really so solid. Um, Notably, this works when a planeswalker enters the battlefield because you are placing loyalty counters on it. So it enters with an additional loyalty. It also works when you plus your commanders because you're at your planeswalkers. Gosh, gosh. Uh, every time you plus a planeswalker, you put a counter on. So it does an additional one. It doesn't affect minuses because you're not putting.
2: Right. Of course. You're not adding counters.
1: to. Yeah. Yeah. It's not Karth. Karth the lion is something else. Anyway, (laughs) you can't put Karth in the deck. Uh, but Lazelle is a slam dunk in this deck. I can't believe she's only $1. fifty.
2: Yeah. And one of the reasons to be in white in a Planeswalker deck. For sure. that ability is really good.
1: Yeah. If you don't have green for this kind of stuff, it is really nice
2: that white has that as well. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, next card we have is Ickermoon Ichormo- Gauntlet coming in at four fifty. It's two and a blue for an artifact. Planeswalkers you control have zero proliferate and minus 12 take an extra turn after this one. That one matters a little bit less. The zero proliferate, though, really good. Mm -hmm. And then finally, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, choose a counter on target permanent, put an additional counter of that kind on that permanent.
1: Yeah, so Ikramoon Gauntlet, first of all, is a win condition in Planeswalker decks. Mm -hmm. If you have an overwhelming presence of, of Planeswalkers and no way to win, you can be like, okay, proliferate, 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 proliferate. Proliferate. And then the last one you can minus 12, take an extra turn, and you can do it again. And right. essentially, it's can be infinite turns as long as you have a whole bunch of Planeswalkers. Right.
2: And the nice thing is a lot of the times when you do that, you're kind of spinning your wheels, but Guff gives you that win count.
1: Right. So it buys you time, and it get, it is a concrete way <laughs> for right. you to close the game in these decks. Yeah. Uh, but on top of that, it's just a Little mini proliferate engine every time you cast a planeswalker or an instant or sorcery or an artifact, make one planeswalker a little bit more powerful.
2: Mm-hmm. And like it's a huge difference, uh, like with Gough, minus threeing him and then being able to do it immediately after really good, uh, really powerful. Um, and so just getting just a little bit of extra value in an artifact that's just gonna sit there and just keep giving you value. And this deck has, um, the Narset Parter Veils, so giving her a way to plus with the zero proliferate. It has the
1: Saheeli too. And it has the Saheeli. Yeah, so That's it's right. two like Planeswalkers without
2: pluses. So giving them the zero ability to be able to start ticking up is really good.
1: Really solid. Uh, this card is so good, and it's definitely going to spike. Uh, so if you're interested in this deck, definitely <laughs> get it now. Yeah. Um, because this is a uh, really,
2: really good in this kind of deck. Um, next card we have is the Lithoform Engine. Four mana for a Legendary Artifact. Two tap Copy target, activated or triggered ability uh, you control. You may choose new targets for the copy. Notably, that hits not only the activated abilities of your Planeswalkers, but the triggered ability of Guff Mm -hmm. on your end step. So you can do that twice. Uh, My Three tap, copy target, instant sorcery spell you control. You may choose new targets for the copy. Also, just always decent, getting a little bit of extra gravy with your instant sorceries. And then four tap, copy target, permanent spell you control. Just good. Yep. Yeah.
1: It's a great mana sync when you're sort of out of cards, but you have a lot of Planeswalkers is like just getting maximum value out of those planeswalkers uh, and it's only three bucks. Yeah, super card, cheap. Yeah, this one came down a lot. It was really high for a while and I'm glad it can go into decks like this. It is a little mana intensive, but again, we have 19 sources of ramp. Yeah, We'll be fine. <laughs> That's true. It has so much
2: ramp. Even with the, even with the couple of ramp that I took out, yeah. it still has loads. Yeah. So, uh, And the nice thing is a lot of times in planeswalker decks, you end up in a situation where you don't need to cast a lot of spells because right. you have all the planes walkers to act as spells for you so being able to sink that mana into an ability that's already in play is is really good and you have that kind of flexibility Mm -hmm. so that that card does all of that for you like it a lot and then uh finally this card is crazy it is displacer kitten uh three and a blue for a two two creature cat beast a little cute little cat adding to the cat count it has avoidance whenever you cast a non-creature spell Exile up to one target non-land permanent you control, then return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control. So you activate a Planeswalker, cast a Planeswalker, blink the previous Planeswalker, activate it again.
1: Because it's a new permanent. So notably when it blinks it, it resets its loyalty, so you can minus it again. So you can (laughs) minus, blink, minus it again. Cast something else, blink, minus it again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Displacer Kitten is absurd in Planeswalker decks and is one of the better engines, especially in blue. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's got to be in this deck, uh, which makes sense because the chunk of the budget is going there. Displacer Kitten is at $13. Mm-hmm.
2: And it can also untap your train Veil, which is great. Yeah, <laughs> yep. And it protects itself because it can blink itself. Yeah,
1: as long as you have an instant held up. And Displacer Kitten is going to flag a ton of heat, so make sure you can do it when you can follow it up with some instants and sorceries, get some value out of it, or just have an instant that you can be able to blink it, Mm. um, protect it from
2: some kind of removal spell, because that card is scary. So good. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy how good that is. And another cheeky thing you can do with the instant, if your opponent attacks your walker, cast an instant blinker walker, they're no longer attacking that walker. What? you <laughs> so, lost it where'd it go how did you lose it? it it was it was three feet from you how did you miss <laughs> <laughs> that guard's
1: wild <laughs> it's so good uh and this upgrade goes this upgrade goes a whole long way to really adding some gas to this deck, and I was so surprised that the total was only $45.80. Yeah. Getting Displacer Kitten and Lazelle and Teferi and the Eternal Wanderer in their Icham Gauntlet, all of those are going are such powerful synergistic cards that are gonna go a really long way to bolstering the impact of this deck. Uh but of course we have added 10 cards. So we must remove 10, uh, the bane of any deck builder. Uh, Let's start with some ramp. (laughs)
2: Yeah. Let's uh, trim down on some of the not so good ramp that's Mm -hmm. in the deck. Uh, First one, Cartographer's Hawk. Uh, This card's awful. uh, Yeah, this card is not good. Uh,
1: Unless you're doing something where you want to cast creatures over and over again, like an Oketra something, it's... It's just not a good blocker. It's not a particularly good attacker, and it's very slow ramp.
2: Yeah, even then, though, it, like, you have to untap with it because it doesn't have haste or no, anything, very, so. Yeah.
1: <sighs> yeah, it's not... Uh, it doesn't
2: do any of the things you want it to do.
1: It's quite slow, um, and I guess they put it in because it's a flying blocker to protect your planeswalkers, but we can do better than that. Yeah. Um, the next one isn't ramp. It is draw.
2: Yes, uh, a rest coast explorer. Um it enters and gets you a, a basic for all of your opponents that have more lands than you. So It's, it's not
1: even a basic. It's just planes.
2: Oh, okay. So it, it can get duels, which I guess is cool. Yeah. But here's a
1: three-color deck.
2: Yeah. And there's, like, not a ton of duels.
1: Yeah. I Oresko's Explorers definitely ha- has homes. This one feels a little absurd. Uh, I want it more in a blink deck, or I want it in a deck that's really focused on making sure I have fewer lands than people so I can always draw off of it. I, it just doesn't quite have the impact that you want it to. Yeah.
2: Well, right. Like you talked about in a recent episode. Yeah. Uh, the how to play why You talked about like running extra balance lands and stuff like that. Yeah. So always down. So you
1: can trigger this kind of thing. Yeah. But in Jeskai, you have so much ramp already. You have ramp on your commander. You're going to, you have card draw on your commander. You're going to find your lands.
2: Yeah. Uh, next, we have wall of denial. Just a three mana zero eight defender with flying and shroud.
1: I mean nobody's getting through that.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I'd rather have Promicon.
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: So it's it's just it I want something that has an ability or, you know, affects that, the board in yeah, some other way. Fair.
1: They put a couple of these in. There's Fog Banks in the deck. Yeah. Right? I love Fog Bank. I, I do think too. Fog Bank is actually super underrated.
2: Yeah, because it's, it's very hard for opponents to get through on it, and yeah. it just doesn't die. Uh, yeah, and so a lot so of times cheap. it's just like, well, I, we just don't attack because there's no point. Right. Unless they have Trample, then it's like, ah. Uh. But mm. yeah, I'd much rather have Fog Bank over uh, the Wall of Denial. Yeah. any day even with the shroud yeah (laughs) well because on top of that you're gonna really use a removal spell on a fog bank yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it's like we'll figure that out eventually (laughs) right yeah exactly
2: (laughs) um cool uh next one we have is oath of jace uh part of that oath cycle um etbs you draw three discard two and then on your upkeep you scry x or x of the walkers you control it's decent um i just don't love it yeah it doesn't do quite enough for me
1: draw three discard two and you've spent a card to do it isn't exactly card advantage right. like you've you're now you're even uh and the impact obviously it has some sort of value on the board but you're going to be making enough decisions with the planeswalkers so don't scry 5 no it's, yeah it's so complicated <laughs> and it doesn't help you all that much so yeah. i agree uh
2: the next one maybe a bit of a controversial pick mm mm-hmm. Uh, deploy the Gatewatch for white-white for sorcery. You look at seven, you can put up two walkers from among them onto the battlefield and then rest on the bottom in a random order. I will tell you right now, you're almost never going to hit two. The, the math's just not with you. You, yeah. are, you have a pretty good chance of hitting one, if I remember correctly. I, I did some calcs and it was like 70% to hit one and something like twenty percent hit two or something like that.
1: Yeah, with with eighteen in it or with twenty.
2: With the eighteen. Okay. Yeah, um, and with twenty, it doesn't increase that I, yeah, by nearly it enough. It all that much. Um, so at six, I just m- much rather either a just be wiping the board most of the time, or b just playing a walker. A lot of times you're gonna you're gonna run six, and now you can cast nothing else. And yeah, it's, the
1: risk of of casting this and whiffing is just like. <laughs> Okay, pass! Yeah, exactly. Plus, we added a number of six drops in this, so getting rid of something on the higher end makes a lot of sense.
2: Yeah, for sure. Uh, next, probably one of the worst walkers in the deck is the Wanderer, the first one. Um, it prevents the non-combat damage that we've dealt to other permanents you control, which is neat, and then it just exiles a creature of power four or greater, just not nearly enough for a four-mana walker.
1: Yeah, you you really do want it to be a lot more impactful. And I have seen the Wanderer overperform. Like, that non-combat damage thing does show up sometimes, but it's really only against specific decks, so you can't really count on it doing the work. Like, you're paying four mana for that effect. If it right. doesn't do anything, for if that effect doesn't do anything, then you're like, oh, this has, this rem- I paid four mana to remove a big creature, right. I guess.
2: Yeah, like, it's great with um, Blasphemous Act. Which is yep. awesome. And you're in red, and uh, it's in the deck, I believe.
1: Yeah, you and other permanents, so like they can't burn your planeswalkers. Right. If they can't do like direct damage to it, yeah. I like in when I played Dihada on mm. on game nights. Mm-hmm. Josh had Torwaki and could deal direct non-combat damage Makes to, to Dihada, so it was really difficult to like. <laughs> Keep her on board, <laughs> right? Because he could just laser gun her. Uh, so the wanderer would have been helped helpful in that situation. But again, you're not always playing against Horwaki. You're not always playing against direct damage decks. Mm-hmm. So, it, it the odds that the wanderer does what you want it to do is about fifty fifty, which isn't enough.
2: Right. Yeah. I'm only really going to run her if I'm running a ton of the earthquake type effects where right. I'm doing it, right. and then I can reliably get the ability. For sure. But I can't. You can't run it and count on. Oh, my opponent's going to be playing X deck, and mm-hmm. so you know, I'm going to get the effect because a lot of times you're just not going to run into it. Right. So cool. Uh, next one, another planeswalker that they love to reprint. They love this card. Uh, Jace, architect of thought. Um, he has a whole bunch of abilities. The point is all of them are pretty me- medium. They're not great.
1: They're not very good. <laughs> yeah. And they do love it. they just reprinted him in neon dynasty. Yeah. That's neon dynasty, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, they reprinted Party Jace and I was like, Party Jace! Yeah, I was really happy I to like see Party, Party Jace. Jace. Party Jace and, is great. And this one, I was like, what does he do? Oh, yeah. not not much. <laughs> yeah.
2: I remember when he was in Standard, he was pretty good there. In like yeah. one, 1v1, one he's he's all right, but in yeah. multiplayer, he's just he doesn't do enough.
1: I can get behind that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then next, we have a Johnny Steadfast. Uh, we talked about it earlier. It is one of the like high-value reprints, uh, but you really only care about the minus ability and the fact that you only get it twice and you have to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. I don't love.
1: Yeah, I can get behind that. I This definitely doesn't feel like something you want to spend four mana on, and it, it is only good if you already have a ton of Planeswalkers right. in
2: play. It doesn't help you at all if you've recently got wiped or all of your, or your Planeswalkers died uh, to combat or anything like that. It doesn't help at all help you when you're behind. Yeah. It really only helps you in your head.
1: This on board, is like on the board alone, you're like, okay, <laughs> I have nothing. I might as well have nothing. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah so uh, he was he was a pretty easy cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, uh, Narset Enlightened Master. Uh, what? She's so broken. Yeah, when you're taking extra turns or <laughs> taking extra combats <laughs> but when you're not doing that, it's just not yeah. really worth it. Narset tends to
1: it's important to know the context for this card. This is a six mana hexproof commander that is famous for taking infinite turns or infinite combats um, and it is really difficult to deal with and it is really, really powerful and your opponents will treat it as such. Yeah. So they will see it and they will go "Ah!" and you're like i'm gonna use it to cast a johnny steadfast right and they'll be like why that
2: (laughs) yeah you shouldn't be yeah
1: it's it's too it is definitely um gonna put a target on your head and unless you're prepared to deal with that and you're getting the payoff that that target implies or that target is reacting to Mm -hmm. um i i agree this is uh going to be more trouble than it's worth. <laughs> yeah, you, you nailed it.
2: Nothing else to add. That is yeah. exactly... That is every single point. Uh, and then finally, the last cut, Kazul, uh, Tyrant of the Cliffs. Uh, three red, red, five, four, ogre, whenever a creature attacks... Uh, whenever an opponent... Whenever a creature an opponent controls attacks, if you're the defending player, you make a three, three, red, ogre creature token unless they pay three. Um, so it does protect your walkers um, because when they attack your walkers, you still count as the uh, defending player. Mm-hmm. But just getting one blocker... Um, it's good, but it's a little mana hungry, coming in at five mana, and then sort of just sitting there. I wanted uh, cards like Pramicon and some of the other includes that we added. Um, so, it just didn't... It, it almost got there, and it, this one was close, but uh, I just... I ended up cutting him.
1: Yeah, all cool but it doesn't give you complete protection mm-hmm. right like if they attack you with a flyer you're like i can make a three three on the ground oh no yeah he <laughs> like, just watches as it flies overhead and hits at the walker. all yeah like there's lots of cards that if you pay five mana you have complete protection for yeah. your for your planeswalkers and kazoo is gives you some bodies which is always helpful but not necessarily going to save you in the face of an actual problem right and if they attack you with like a four four and you're like cool i make three three jump I guess I'll, I'll, now I don't have a 3-3 three, three and yeah. I didn't kill the thing. Yeah. It's cause little sweet, but I I don't know if it's worth a five mana these days.
2: No, nah, it's, it's just okay. Uh,
1: okay. So those are the 10 cards to take out to make room for all of the cards we mentioned previously. Uh, we know that the budgets are a little bit higher than they used to be. $50 is a lot to spend on a deck that you've already spent $80 on. Uh, if you are making this like if you're following this reprint and you don't want to spend, or this upgrade guide, excuse me, you don't want to spend all of this money. There are a couple of big things that you could not put into the deck. You could very easily not add Tezzer at the seeker and that would cut your budget down to like 30 bucks. So, um, and if you, if you don't feel like building around the chain bell that much, or you could cut Displacer kitten if you don't want to mess with (laughs) Displacer Kitten. kitten. And again, that would put you down to about 30 bucks. Um, But all of these will make your deck really powerful and really cool. Jeskai Planeswalkers has a tendency to be very controlling, but the fact that you have a payoff in the command zone and you have the new Chandra, which is a payoff for Planeswalkers as well, a damage payoff for Planeswalkers, you are going to have a lot more punching power than this kind of deck has had in the past, which is huge. But uh, before we get out of here, I want to talk about how the deck is going to play post-upgrade. So you've... Taking these 10 cards out you put these 10 cards in you've got a brand shiny new deck you're taking to the game store how do you expect it to play out
2: so this is true for basically every single planeswalker deck you are going to make enemies yeah you are going to be the target people see planeswalkers and a lot of times they just see it as a free attack because now you're just like oh well i don't have to like worry about making enemies with this player by attacking them i could just attack this walker and a lot of times the social the sort of, sort of social dynamic sees that as less uh, less of a slight against mm-hmm. players i guess you could say the other thing is uh, a lot of times play, people feel like Planeswalker is left unchecked, which is partially true uh, will allow that person to run off the game So just expect you're going to be the enemy a lot of the time The way that this deck helps you with that is by running a ton of interaction and the wraths and Stuff like that uh, that we talked about and you're trying to get as much cumulative value as possible Um, People generally don't like being board wiped over and over again fun fact Um, so you have to make sure that you're running those out Uh, meaningfully so running them out when you have something to protect or running it out when you're about to start advancing your board Mm -hmm. try not to get unnecessary hate uh, but understand that that is sort of a necessary evil of running a lot of planeswalker decks you're going to need a lot of wraths Um, it's so it's going to play a lot like a control deck Um, you want to get your walkers out as soon as possible and then which which this runs a ton of ramp so it actually does help you a lot with that Um, and then remove the creatures that are threatening your walkers wrath the board um, as when anytime it gets scary or untenable and then what you're going to end up wanting to do is end up with a a couple walkers that are surviving a wrath and you keep taking them up start getting those up to having a critical mass of walkers at high loyalty and that's how you're going to close out the game. Mm The nice thing as you pointed out with the new Shadra and Guff is a lot of times with, walker, with Planeswalker decks I have a lot uh, a hard time finishing the game those two will help you finish the game and it's really nice having a win condition in your command zone so but just expect that you're going to be playing a little bit of a longer game because you need to interact with the board you needed wrath and then trust your pla- your commander and your other walkers to finish for you
1: um another thing with Planeswalker decks is there's a ton of decisions that you have to make all the mm. time you have tons of game actions and everything is like, do I pick up now? Do I tick down? Especially with all the proliferate and stuff. Like, where do I put this, this loyalty counter? What are my important Planeswalkers in this moment? If you're playing guff, goldfish. A yeah. lot. Practice 100%. with your deck. Because you're going to find out what the important pieces are. You're going to find out when to tick up, when to tick down, when you don't have enough cards, when you need more ramp, uh, and what Planeswalker is going to be the most important when. Um, it can planeswalkers are sort of um, infamously tough to play against because they take a lot of game actions and they make a, they do a lot of thinking. So the less that you can do, um, the less thinking that you have to do on the spot and the more practice you have that make those decisions easier, the better this deck is going to be to play against and the less attention, honestly, you will, you will attract. So, um, this is the kind of deck that you want lots of practice with that you want to be very smart and sharp with. Um, I, this is sort of a side story, but one of one of the guys who taught me how to play magic was a Gitrog player, mm. <laughs> and uh, the Gitrog monster has a very similar play pattern. It's very dirtily does choices, 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 drawing a lot of cards, finding loops, all of that, and it can be very difficult to play against because you're just waiting. Right. But I was always impressed with how fast he played and how smart and decisively he played, and it was because he played it a lot, and it was because he played it alone a lot. So. If you're going to play a deck that you know can be frustrating to play against, make sure you're the fast Gitrog player.
2: Yeah, and that is generally true of playing any control deck, but especially true with walker decks. Yeah. Because you have so many points throughout the course of the game where you can make a wide range of choices. And so being able to really nail that down, especially when you do start playing with the Chain Veil or Displacer Kitten and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, because that just makes it even more complicated. Make sure that you know on any given turn and really do a lot of thinking on other players' turn to know, hey, as soon as I untap, I'm doing this and this and this and execute your game plan and pass because yeah. nothing is scarier than a player who takes you know 10 20 minutes on their turn and then passes everybody else is like whoa like, yeah what do we we need to do something clearly about that.
1: they have options right
2: Yeah. so you you exactly nail it goldfish the deck get tons of practice with it and um yeah, and I wish everybody the best of luck. I yeah. think it's a lot of fun. Um, and
1: this was the first deck I pre-ordered. Really, was this one? Yeah, I think there's some really cool stuff in it. Obviously, I have a Jund Planeswalker deck, so I I do like Super Friends. Um, and there's some I I like that they're showing a little bit of casual attention to a very popular and famously very expensive archetype
2: yeah because i mean in the past every single planeswalker was mythic so you go through across magic's history and a lot of them tend to be a little bit more expensive and now uh ever since war of the spark we have some uncommon stuff like that Uh, but that still remains true where a lot of walkers tend to be a little bit pricier yeah um and that's really nice that they reprinted a ton of them i mean even when i was doing the upgrade i was surprised at how cheap some of the includes were Mm because they've done such a good job at reprinting them yeah um And I I mean, you're exactly right. So myself, I don't currently have any Planeswalker decks. And one of the main reasons for that, even though I love control decks is I don't like how much hate they generate and how hard it is for a lot of Planeswalker decks to close the game. Mm -hmm. I, love this deck. I love the fact that in the Command Zone, you can point to something and be like, I know I can reliably close out the game. I have my win condition in the Command Zone that is a walker and is hitting all of the things that you want in a Planeswalker deck. Um, And then uh, getting that Chandra. It's really cool to see that they paid attention to that strategy that a lot of people really enjoy and are giving us reliable ways to have shorter games, not drag the game out super long.
1: Thank you. Yeah,
2: so... Awesome job.
1: (laughs) Yeah. To the listeners, what do you think of the Planeswalker Party precon? Any cards we missed in this upgrade? Any cards you're like, oh well, we gotta have this card? Please let us know because there's gonna be people in the comments that do want to build this deck, so your comments are helpful. Uh, any cards we suggested to take out that you disagree with? Uh, that you're like, mm, what? You need that a Johnny Steadfast?
2: You need that Cartographer's uh, Hawk.
1: Cartographer's <laughs> Hawk is my pet card. Let us know why you think it's important in the in the deck, and maybe something else. that that you would cut over the cards that we cut yeah definitely. Uh, we are in the comments we are in on the podcast team we are in the comments we see you yeah uh so please let us know what you think uh and of course what you think about the 50 dollars upgrade i think it's kind of fun you guys get to see some like real bangers that get put in these decks but um
2: yeah i know at least on the deck building side it, the nice thing with the 50 dollars budget over the 30 dollars budget is i felt like i could include all of the pieces that I wanted to like right. I didn't I didn't leave feeling wanting right I was like oh yeah this feels good, uh, I, good. I added 50 bucks and I hit everything I wanted to hit
0: so yeah kind
1: of cool. if you're gonna spend those 50 bucks spend them on cardkingdom.com slash command uh, that is the place where you can pick up singles, sealed product this pre-con any of the precons. Card Kingdom has a great selection of cards they're gonna have the precons you're looking for they're gonna have the sealed product you're looking for for Commander Masters this set is full of cards really spicy commander cards, um, really high ticket items yeah. too. So uh, if, if you're looking for reprints, if you're trying to grow your commander collection, if you're new to commander, this is an expensive product, but definitely a product that will bolster your collection.
2: Absolutely. You should be hopping onto card kingdom and at the very least pick up all the singles that are going to go down because they're getting a good reprint. Absolutely,
1: um, The fact that they
2: reprinted the uh, free spell cycle is really mm-hmm. cool. Huge. Um, so like, there's just a ton that I'm, I've am i been looking through and I'm just like, oh great, this is getting reprinted. Uh, once these prices kind of settle, I'm going to pick up a bunch of these and absolutely go to cardkingdom.com slash command.
1: Yeah, reprint sets work. Keep an eye on those prices and pick them up for your collection. And once you have those pricey singles in your hand, you're going to need to protect them. Put them in sleeves and go to ultrapro.com slash command to do so. Ultra Pro has all of the official magic art, so if you're dedicated to guff if you're a guffman (laughs) you can go find all of the guff apparel over there i love the art for guff i think he's so cool uh, <laughs> yeah, do you,
2: do you just get the, the giant hat as we talked about earlier? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Roll yeah. Out the with get your- the
1: Commodore hat, yeah. a giant red beard. It'll be pretty sweaty in there probably, but I believe in you.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, plus, I, I really like the satin cubes that Ultra Pro has. Um, they're really solid deck boxes. They're big, so they fit your double-sleeved decks. And... We're doing a lot of traveling uh, coming up because we've got Magicons going on and I like the Satin Cubes because I know my cards aren't moving around a whole lot. They're not getting popped open in my suitcase. Uh, I know that they're safe with Ultra Pro products. So again, support your card collection and the show at ultrapro.com slash command. Uh, we have some time, so I do want to do an end step today. Let's talk about what are you doing that's cool outside of the world of Magic.
2: Yeah, um, so... This one is interesting. Um, I've been, uh, a lot of you guys probably don't know this, uh, but you guys here know this. Mm-hmm. I was gone for about a month. Um, and the reason for that, uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, I'm currently in the Marine Corps. I'm in the Marine Corps Reserves. Um, and actually, I got the opportunity to go up to uh, Bridgeport, California, to do mountain warfare training. Uh, that's actually what this jacket is. Um <laughs> But the, the whole thing that I want to uh, d- put out for all of you guys is it was really cool just learning sort of nature survival stuff. Sure. And, um, you know, going on a lot of hikes and uh, during that time I was off of my phone and electronics for a period of time and it was really nice just having a little bit of a break um, being up in the mountains and just... um, sort of just taking a break from everything else going on right now and on top of that the nice thing about specifically going up in the mountains is it's not hot there <laughs> it actually snowed <laughs> while we were there That's and right. i was in there in the middle of june because um, <laughs> it's also where they we do our cold weather training um but just really good just general survival techniques um you know uh, one of the fascinating things i learned is even in cold weather one of the main reasons that um we have casualties is people passing out from heat exhaustion because uh, you put on a bunch of uh, clothes to get warm and then you start exercising, going out and hiking and stuff like that. Your body heats up and then a lot of people, you're not drinking enough water. So then you you pass out from heat exhaustion and stuff like that. Mm. Um, so I would just say for all of you, um, since at least in uh, the northern hemisphere, we're in the middle of summer. Uh, go out, enjoy some hiking. Um see some nature uh my family just went on a a a bit of a camping trip last week and uh i just encourage all of you just go out um see if there's any you know uh survival courses that you can do because they're great skills to have you never know when you might need it and um and yeah i just i just had a, a blast doing it so i would just encourage all of you to go out and uh just learn a little bit and go outside and learn new things
1: my brother took an avalanche survival uh class mm-hmm. and like it got his A- avalanche certification and uh, my parents were like, "Oh, I'm so glad that he can save himself in case he gets caught in an avalanche." And Nate was like, "Oh no, it teaches you to save somebody else."
2: <laughs> you're like, "I don't know <laughs> what to do if I can." He's
1: like, "If you're under there, you 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 hope somebody else took the avalanche,
2: <laughs> 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 so they can get you out. So
1: they can get you out." Of there. Yeah, the,
2: uh, actually,
1: so, being if, educated, <laughs> you could save somebody else. Yeah,
2: uh, and th- you know that's something like getting CPR certified. Yeah. You know, if you're ever in a situation, like you never know when you're going to be in the situation when you need it, but if you ever get in that situation you're just grateful that you know it um, yeah, like even with that like there's certain gear that we carry that like if you are caught in an avalanche you can like put a stick up yeah. so like while you can't get out people will know flag, where you are like a
1: cartoon Basi-
2: pack. that's basically what it is help um, and then you have like shovels and stuff so you can yeah. dig people out and whatnot um, yeah. and so th- th- all of these skills are worthwhile and you know even as we touched on like CPR getting CPR certification um, I d- do it it, it, you'll be grateful that you did in the event you're ever in that situation. and I hope you're not, but you never know.
1: Be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we get out of here, we're going to say thank you to our amazing team here at the Command Zone. Thank you to Eric Lem, Megan Yep, Garab Galati, Jordan Pridgen, Jamie Block, Arthur Meadowcroft, Manson Lung, Josh Murphy, Jake Boss, Sam Waldo, Evan Libberger, Lady Danger, Craig Lanchett, Katie Cole, Mitch Trafford, Gabriel Pozos, Josh Lee Quiet, Jimmy Wong, and of course... David Lentz for hey. taking the time. Good upgrade.
2: Oh, thank you. I was very, I was very proud of my work. I well, worked hard on it. but it very uh, good. Yeah.
1: Thanks for listening, everybody.
2: Yeah, thank you. Bye. See you next time. Is that just going to be a thing? I don't know. It's fun. <laughs>